It's time for the Press Box with Brad and John. Well, I can't believe it. 92 yards and Lindsey really got in a foot race. I broke my chair. I came right through a chair, a metal steel chair with about a five inch cushion. I broke it. The booth came apart. The stadium, well, the stadium fell down. Now they do have to renovate this thing. They'll have to rebuild it now. The stone eyes are whole. Sedwell awaiting the snap. The spot. The kick is up. The kick is down. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat. Oh, they got him. Here comes coming the blue from coat. The left. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks into the end zone, Hunter in the paddock, touchdown, 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 with a second left, Watson hits Renfro, and Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead. Now, Brad Sinketh and John Hype with the Press Box on the Roar. Good morning. Welcome to the Press Box. Brad Singham here with John Hyde broadcasting live on this Wednesday, February the 28th, 2024. Thank you for joining us live inside the Upcountry Fiber Studios here at The Roar, 105.5975, theroarfm.com. It's going to be a really busy show. It is hum day. It is concernometer day. But it's also going to be Daniel Shirley day. I don't want to confuse people. John's already confused as it is. Uh, <laughs> but we don't want to confuse you. But yes, Daniel Sherwood is going to move over to today as he has some other engagements tomorrow on his usual Thursday. So our uh, good friend over at theathletic.com coming up here in a couple of hours. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk to Daniel about college football, college basketball, maybe some Braves, a lot of things. So looking forward to having him on in just a little bit so i don't i just don't want to confuse anybody I'll, in fact i'll remind you a couple times today john that it's wednesday how are you doing i'm doing well how are you doing this morning i'm good i'm good stayed up late watched some some college hoops yesterday evening a lot of hoops going on yesterday big hoops day <sighs> man we had we had bu- it was like buzzer beater day it was like last second shot day basically uh kentucky won on a late shot Nevada hits a half-court buzzer beater for the win. That was nuts. Jared Lucas, what a shot he put up last night. Uh, just you know, Kind of one of those little running off of one leg, throw it up there, and watch it go in. Uh, it was a heck of a shot. And just a, just a wild night, I believe, in, in college basketball. So you think we'll talk about some of that today? Uh, we better. Speaking of shots, Will Taylor went... Yard three times yesterday for the Clemson baseball team. So I know yesterday there were a lot of people wanting to put him on the concernometer today, Brad. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be on there oh, today. Oh no, I'm going to. I 
I'm petty like that, John. I am going to put Will Taylor on the concernometer today. Or are you going to put the people who are concerned about Will Taylor on the concernometer? <laughs> uh, if I could, I would. I'd put them all on there. Uh, no, in, in all seriousness, um, what a performance from Will Taylor, uh, the formerly slumping Will Taylor, who, I, okay, I'm not, I'm not saying this to like stroke our egos or something because I, it, I I'm really not. It's nothing to do with us. But it just there's always some irony, and I, and I always feel like it happens a couple times a year where like you feel like the, the whoever performed that day listened to the press box, you know, yeah. like listened to the roar and heard stuff. Like there's been time where you know you've said like, the time you said you know in has got to pick it up offensively, and he went out and scored like 18 points in that game or whatever. That's it just was. no ball, Brad. But I mean, I, yeah, that's why. <laughs> but yesterday we're like, uh, no, we're not concerned about Will Taylor. It's six games. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose my mind over six games. And then he goes out and hits three home runs. It's almost like he heard us no, talking I, it's about not him. only do I think that he heard us talking about him, I think that Coach Backage moved him down to the six spot in the lineup despite us. <laughs> Why despite us? Or just despite the conversation we were having about it yesterday. Oh, I mean I, I said I was in four moving guys around yeah, in the order. Yeah, we I, said we I, were we were four and then we had a lot of people push back saying no, he's gotta stay at that spot and try to, to figure it out. And it was just perfect that we had that conversation yesterday. <laughs> and then Will Taylor walks into Doug Kingsmore Stadium and puts three into the parking lot. Twelve to six uh was the final last night over at DKS as the uh, top ten Tigers continue. Their winning ways. Ethan Darden got the win uh, last night in relief of Austin Gordon, who threw a, uh, about 63 pitches in his work back from being uh, his ramping up from being ramped down. Uh, Gordon allowed five hits, three innings, and then Darden was phenomenal. D- Darden's been the most probably most efficient pitcher Clemson's had the entire season. I, I mean, it's a, it's only five and a third. Sure, and it's it's a again it's we've only it's eight game sample size here. Okay, I'm being careful with that, but to this point, I I think Ethan Darden has been the most efficient pitcher. Has not allowed a run all year. Has only allowed two hits on the season, and has struck out six, including four last night against USC Upstate. You know, when I look at Austin Gordon's line. There's a couple things I'm really paying attention to. I'm not concerned about the five hits or or the runs. Or the two doubles, really. I, I think that's all going to work itself. It's baseball. You're going to give up some stuff. But it's going the three innings versus the two last week. And it's upping the pitch count in last week's outing from 43 to 63. I thought that was a big deal. Yeah. Because we, we talked about it yesterday. Would he would it increase by maybe 10? Yeah. yeah 10 or 12. And he goes all the way, adds 20 pitches onto the count. Well, he was supposed to get to 50 the last outing. But they pulled him short of that because they didn't want him to start the inning. And had to pull him in the you know mid batter, right? Something. Yeah. Uh, so I think I, I I said the other day that I thought sixty was reasonable. You know, sixty five was reasonable. Well, he got to sixty three, so he, he's he's moving up in that. Uh, I, I don't know what that means for you know the next series. If it means anything at all. My my gut tells me right now you just kind of leave him where he's at at this stage of the season. You don't want to try to get too cute. It's too early for that. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and, and Backage is the kind of guy that doesn't get cute. Well, it's it's too early to rush someone back who you will need in April and in May and hopefully later. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I mean, you have a plan. You know, like, again, this is not Backage wakes up on a 
Tuesday and goes, oh, how many pictures do I want to give him? I don't know, 50, 60. No, 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 no. You, you map out. You sit down with your medical team. You sit down with the player, and you're mapping out a plan. You don't just willy-nilly it and change it mid, midstream. Listen, I know everybody wants to beat South Carolina this weekend, and you'd want to have all hands on deck, right? But that's where I give Coach Backage a lot of credit is, yes, he's going to want to go beat South Carolina, no question about it. But he's able to contextualize that this is going to be, what, game 9, 10, and 11 out of 56? Yeah. Like, I, I, that's where I give him a lot of credit. He sees the big picture in that. It's not, oh, I've got to have him back by the route. You know what I mean? But there's also not a – there's not really a scenario I can see where Gordon could, would even go to the, the coaches and be like, hey, I got, I got an inning you know, in me if you want it. Like, I just don't know – because he needs to be ready for next week's midweek games. You know, like they need him. That's the role he's playing right now. You're on a you're on a pitch count anyway. It's hard to go help out. You know, on Friday or Saturday, you definitely can't do it on Sunday, and then pitch again on Tuesday when you're on you know short uh, pitch counts here. So I think that it makes a lot of sense to just keep doing what they're doing with Gordon. I look, the team has one loss all season long, so it's not like. It's not like you have to you have to rearrange all the pieces and just throw everything out just because you're playing a top twenty five opponent who happens to also be your biggest rival. I just you don't you don't change your whole game plan. The season does not revolve around this series. That is that's where I was trying to get to with early talking about Gordon. How you don't need him to to be around this weekend because you got to think about all fifty six. But a good win for the Clemson baseball team uh, last night as they knocked off USC Upstate twelve. To sixth, improved to seven and one on the young season. On the hardwood, John Clemson sixty nine, Pittsburgh sixty two. I am not going to minimize this game at all. I this is not a ah oh, Clemson won sixty nine sixty two. Uh, three guys scored fifteen points. Uh, PJ Hall and and Shefflin were uh, double doubles. And okay, next moving on. No, this game was big. This was, I, in, in, in my opinion, and we, we can talk it out, I think it was one of the best wins Clemson has had all year. I think it's up there. I think it's in the conversation. It's not North Carolina big, but it is one of the bigger wins they've had because of what, was, what all was at stake here. Pittsburgh, for those of you who have not paid attention, I know you, sometimes we just look at the net, sometimes we just look at a box score, sometimes we look at those standings. And we go, eh, that team's all right. I mean, they're fine, but they're not great. This was not an eh win. This was a really, 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 really good win. And it's it's how you win these games, John. It's not just that you win them. At the end of the day, you know, your record and your net and all that gets you in the tournament. But how you win a game like this is why I think it's one of the better wins of the year. Pittsburgh is good. They're, they're not just an average team. They're, they're a good basketball team. Blake Henson has won of the better offensive players in this entire league and in this entire country. And Pitt, for whatever reason, um, did a million things right except make enough shots. I mean, that's really what it was. They, John, they turned them over three times. They got 13 more shots than Clemson did. They played well. Their life was at stake. Their tournament life was at stake last night. It was the last quad one opportunity for them inside of the regular season. They're not going to get another chance. And they lose by seven in a game where they shot the lights out in the first couple minutes of this game. And they had every opportunity to win it. 
and they didn't. Because Blake Hansen was held to six points. This guy scored 41 points a couple weeks ago. He scored six against Clemson last night. The defense was off the charts for the Tigers. It, it, this, this was by far one of the, like if you were to say, what are the best defensive efforts all season long, I, you may start with this game. It's certainly up there. I, I think that uh, Henson is going to have nightmares of Jack Clark for a long time. Oh, he was in. He, he Jack Clark not only shut him down physically, he shut him down mentally. He got in his head. Clark just never left him. There was never a moment where Henson didn't have Clark on his hip for seeing how many uh, thirty six minutes. Henson played. Clark played thirty five. <laughs> yeah, I, you want to talk about roles and responsibilities? There, he he's he, on the court. You follow him. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And and he did. And he stayed in his in his pocket the entire game. What was what's what's the old line from the movie Hoosiers? I want to know what uh, what what gummy's chewing or something like that. Something like that, yeah. It's, yeah, that's Clark. Clark could probably ran over to Brownell about midway through the first half. Went spearmint. Yep. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> he had to have known spearmint because he never left him. He never left him. He was all up in his grill, and what a performance it was by the entire team, not just Clark. But I think this is one of the better defensive efforts we've seen. From Clemson, and with all that was all, I mean, Pitt. This was it. This was their Super Bowl, if you will. Like yeah. they, they had to, they had to win this game, and I, I think they played well enough through a lot of this game to win it. They just they couldn't get any shots to fall late well, in the game. And I think there's two big points in this game. I was joking with Ben Mill said earlier about the range of emotions I had in two different plays at the end of this game. The Chase Hunter three there at the end where it bounced around and then fell into the basket. Yeah. Roller coaster of emotions. And then the very long pass by Jack Clark to Ian Shefflin as he broke away to get the dunk there at the end. Brad, I know you've watched a lot of basketball. How many times have we seen teams overthrow that ball or mislead it? It goes out of bounds. You give someone an extra possession and then the game's not as over as you thought it was. Yeah. Uh, it was incredibly impressive lot. in those yeah. two moments for Clemson just completely shut the door on Pitt. There was Clemson had very good court awareness and and just sort of game awareness. I thought at least on the offensive end at times. <laughs> I did I dig if 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 I want to point out a couple of things that 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 weren't so good. One, the eleven turnovers by Clemson. Many of those came early in the game, which just seems to be a recurring theme with this team. They just they just get a little little too loose with the ball early, you know, just. Not making good passes. But the other thing, too, is that they fouled a lot down the stretch. And now, on one hand, you say, well, that keeps Pitt from taking threes like Georgia Tech did to get back in it late in the game. So that's good. But there were a lot of bad fouls. <laughs> like, there were a lot of – I mean, th- th- this Pitt team's not shooting the lights out. You don't necessarily need to foul them and give them opportunities at the free throw line. And I, I thought Clemson but, had a few careless fouls. There was a couple. There was one at the end there where Carrington just is going into the paint, isn't even looking at the basket, and he's like, you know, horizontal midair, <laughs> look and just chucks it up and happens yeah. to get the call. Yeah, I mean, they, they shot thirty three percent from the field, twenty eight percent from the three point line. Don't don't give them extra opportunities. But Clemson did enough on the offensive end; it didn't hurt them. Brad, I want to ask you a question, and I want you to think about it over the break, and we can discuss it on the other side. With this starting five that now has been cemented for a while now that Jack Clark is fully back into this lineup, was this the best all-around performance by the starting five? Uh, I, 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 balanced. 
because everybody did just enough. Okay, we, we shall discuss on the other side. 654 Roar, you want to get any more to come after this? Serving delicious meals at a fair price for over 50 years, Wendy's commitment to good done right is unwavering. For decades, they've served up great deals to feed the whole family. And nowadays, they're bringing you breakfast favorites, the pretzel baconator, the biggie bag, and you can't forget the frosty, all available to order in the palm of your hands with the Wendy's app. Doing the right thing in the right way is the Wendy's way. Download the Wendy's app and visit your local store today. It's Race for the Green Time. Go ahead and make your plans to sign up today. Run signup.com. It's coming your way March 16th, 2024. Make a commitment to do your first 5K or half marathon and take advantage of those early bird pricing. Run signup.com. Great swag, the beautiful medal that everybody talks about. This is our 14th annual half marathon and 5K. Sign up today. Don't forget March 16th, 2024. Run signup.com and come on and have a great time. No one wants it to happen to them, but unfortunately, chances are good that at some point it'll happen to you. Roof troubles. It's one of the most important parts of your biggest investment. So when you need repairs or a new installation, you need someone who you can trust to get the job done right. You need Joe Robertson and Son Roofing. As a family-owned and operated roofing company for nearly six decades, Joe Robertson and Son have built a reputation for quality craftsmanship. It's why thousands of upstate home and business owners have chosen them for their roofing needs. Beyond providing quality work they're proud to stand by, Joe Robertson and Son Roofing also takes a client-first approach to their job. That means quality roofing, fair pricing, and complete customer satisfaction. Put it all together, and it's easy to see why they're the upstate's premier roofing provider. You can't cut corners when it comes to roof repairs and installations, so go with the trusted name in the upstate. Go with Joe Robertson and Son Roofing. Get started today by visiting them online at robertsonroofing.net. 2008 was an incredible year for me and my family. Not only was it the year that I became head coach at Clemson, but it was also the year that I found the only dealership I need for sales and service. Toyota of Easley is my kind of place. If you are considering the purchase of a new or used vehicle or need your current vehicle serviced or repaired, then I encourage you to go see the winning team at Toyota of Easley. Be sure and tell them Dabo sent you. East Main Furniture in Easley, where every day is a sale day. Come find deals on living room, bedroom, dining room, lamps, rugs, mattresses, and occasional furniture. Brands like Lazy Boy, England, Best, Ashley, Catnapper, Liberty Furniture, and Von Bassett. All at discounted prices. If they don't stock it, they can special order it for you. Now offering up to 12 months. Same as cash on purchases over $300. East Main Furniture located at 829 East Main Street, Easley. Or call 864-442-6054 today. When it's time to replace your roof, there are so many things to consider. From the type of roof you have to the many types and styles of shingles, Gillstrap Roofing understands how each part of a roofing system works together to give you a beautiful and watertight barrier. Don't trust the one thing that really protects your home to just anyone. Gillstrap Roofing has been covering the upstate for four generations. Proven, experienced roofers for your home or business. Gillstrap Roofing, 269-1232. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. 
Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Broadcasting live from the Upcountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. The Upstate's home for sports talk. It entertains me. I enjoy listening on the way home. 105.5 and 97.5 FM. We are The Roar. Press box with Brad and John. Appreciate you joining us today. Said in the last segment, I think this is one of the best wins for Clemson this year. I didn't say it was the best. North Carolina is one of the best wins Clemson's had in years. But this is one of the best wins because of how they had to do it. Again, they gave up 13 more shots than they took. They turned the ball over seven more times than their opponent. Pitt did not turn the ball over three times all game. So it wasn't like they were loosey goosey. And just spazzing out everywhere. And then on top of that, Pittsburgh had 10 offensive boards. Now, you're throwing up 61 shots. You're going to get some opportunity for some offensive rebounding for sure. But, John, all those turnovers, all those offensive rebounds, all those shots, Pitt only had seven second-chance points in this game. Why is that? Because of defense. Because Clemson played really, really high-level defense. And so I, th- that, to me, was the the story of the game in terms of why Clemson won. Uh, their defense ever so good. And, you know, it, it took a while to get going offensively, but you end the game making six of your last eight field goals. You had the kind of wild, wild-looking play where in Shefflin's down on the baseline, nowhere to go. He's pivoting everywhere. He can't really move because he'll go out of bounds if he pivots too much. And he's just trying to find somebody to bail him out. And you're just kind of looking around like uh, no one's doing anything. And all of a sudden, Josh Beadle goes flying down the lane. He gives him a little bounce pass in between defenders. Beadle catches it, just, just kind of just throws it up. <laughs> Somehow got rid of that ball in a hurry. And it goes in. And you're like, oh, well. It, this is Clemson's night. You know, this is this is going to go their way. And then Clemson kept fouling over and over and over again in the final minutes of the game. It kept Pitt from being able to hit threes. You know, but Pitt wasn't going to hit threes anyway, I don't think. Unless they didn't look like it um, to me. But still, all in all, uh, I thought a, 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 it, was a, it was a difficult game to win. That's why I think it's one of the better wins of the year. Because the, a lot of the stats are going against you. You know, you didn't get you didn't get twenty four from PJ to bail you out of offensive situations. You had to find your own way a little bit more as a team, as a as a unit. And that's why I posed that question before we went to the break. Was this maybe one of the best team performances by the starting lineup this season? You could make a case for it. Yeah, I mean, Hunter fifteen, Shefflin fifteen, and grabbed twelve boards. Gerard fifteen hit all three of his three point shots. Uh, five of six from the field, man. So good, so efficient. Uh, PJ, 12 points, 10 rebounds. See, when you got two guys going for double-doubles, that usually bodes well. Uh, then Beetle gives you eight points off the bench. I mean, you'll take that every day. Oh, absolutely. 
So from from the starting unit, and then we'll count Beetle because he made some shots at the end of the game. It's 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 up there because Clark just put the absolute lockdown on one of the best scores in the league, in Blake Henson. Held him to six points on two of nine shooting. He was over four from the three-point line. And like I said earlier, I think he got into his head just as much as he got into it to him physically. You know, like he Oh, just, absolutely. I think Henson knew about halfway through the game. This guy ain't gonna leave me. Like I'm I'm in real trouble here. So just just looking at this from a perspective of this was a really, really, really good win. Not just an eh win. But a really good, a really win. good win, and that—that's the stance of the press box, anyways. Were there things that were troublesome? Did they, you know, put themselves in some bad positions? Yeah, of course they did. But that's my point: is they found a way to get out of those against a team that was as desperate as any team they played this entire season. Pitt had to have that win; they didn't get it. That would have been a quad one opportunity. Speaking of quad ones, John, take a look at the net rankings for a moment, if you would like. Go for it. Uh, Clemson uh, didn't move because there was no movement to be made, honestly, because teams in front of them. I think, I think almost everybody in front of them has won this week, so or at least won last night. So there really wasn't a lot they could do. You know, BYU beat Kansas. Uh, they were way ahead of Clemson anyway, so they weren't going to move. Um, Kentucky was already ahead of Clemson. They had a big win last night late on the road at Mississippi State. They didn't move. So there just wasn't a lot of opportunity. So it's not a not a bad thing that Clemson didn't move anywhere in the net. Uh, surprised they didn't move down, to be honest with you. But I guess maybe they covered the margin, if you will. On uh... <laughs> did, speaking of covering the net margin, did you happen to see? I know you're you're Mr. Mountain West basketball over there. That's. Do you see sure. what Boise State did last night? We're going to talk as we're talking the Tigers' resume, bringing them up. Brad, they were up by two against uh, what is now nine and eighteen and two and thirteen in league play. Air Force. Mm, they scored fifty-one in the second half to beat them seventy-nine to forty-eight. Ooh, fifty-one to twenty-two. Yeah, that's uh, they. They woke up, is what you're saying. Yes, and realized that they were playing Air Force, and then just destroyed them. Um, in terms of Pitt. And what they did in the in the net ranking, uh, quad one opportunity passes them by. They drop two spots, losing to Clemson. So they go from forty seven down to forty nine, and they're three and six in quad one. A couple things to note: Wake Forest lost last night. I was just about to bring that up at Notre Dame. It didn't hurt them. They heard him in the ACC standings, did it not? Yeah, yeah, it did. But I'm saying, like in terms of the net rankings, okay. in terms of the NCAA tournament, it didn't. It didn't really hurt them. They fell two spots. It was not considered a quad three loss. Is a quad two? Notre Dame is how well, because Notre Dame played well enough to get moved up in in the net, so that, that it does not count as a. As a you quad know what? Three loss. I no. I say after. I mean, once they played Virginia Tech, they've won four out of their last five. I, yeah, I give them credit. They're playing, they're playing really good ball right now. Yep. Wild. It's still though. weird though to see after the season that they've had, that they've been able to climb up out of that, that quad three, like just wasteland there. 
I was watching the game, and I'm like, man, Wake, by the way, Wake shot under 20% in the second half. I mean, it was just abysmal. They, I think when I turned it on, it was like they had 48 points. What what was the final? You uh, 70 to 65. They had 48 points when I turned it on. It was like 17 minutes to go in the in the second half. I'll t- I mean, I'll, I mean, you just you just quickly look at the I mean the the easiest part of the box score. They were up by five at half, and they got they put up 22 in the second half. Yeah, they it, they couldn't it, hit the side of a barn. And most of that came in the final four minutes of the half. I mean, they they could not score. Uh, there was like a stretch there about 10 minutes where they 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 made like one out of 12 field goals or something. It was absurd. Uh, it was bad performance. And I, I'm sitting there thinking, man, they, they, does this negate the Duke win? Does this equal it out? Like, how how bad is this going to be? And then I saw Lenardi say that, no, nah, this actually wasn't going to hurt them because there's a good chance when they wake up on Wednesday morning, this is a quad two loss because they do not have a quad three or a quad four loss. That sort of wakes kind of, you know, really positive, shiny, uh, net thing to point to is that they're they don't have one of those. This would have been a quad three loss. This would have dropped them more than two spots. It was quad three. They would have dropped probably five or six. But we're the point of the season. There's so much. There's so much number. So much metrics. So much resume that it's hard to move up and down a ton. You know, like you're not going to see a massive swing unless you lose to a quad. You know, four team. You know, you have a quad four loss, then you are you're absolutely going to going to plummet but that's not really the the situation that a lot of these teams are in right now can i give you one more before we go to the phone lines one more sort of net oddity i discovered sure gonzaga i should have done blind resume here and then try to get you to guess i, I tell you what you, you don't you don't have the net in front of you right no all right i'm gonna give you gonzaga just a principal thing i don't ever have it in front of me i'm gonna give you gonzaga's just their quad resume and you try to guess where you about where you think they would be what range you don't have to get the number right just range okay sure this, this will go splendid can't hurt one and five in quad one all right two and one in quad two okay. that is not enough quad two games by no. the way seven and oh in quad three right. and eleven and oh in quad four um, but you might as well not even play quad four games. They don't do anything for you unless you lose them. I'm going to go 48th. 21st. Huh? <laughs> I told you it was an oddity. Here's why. And this can always come back to football because can't everything always come back to football? Yes. They have six losses, John. Five of their six are to quad one teams. Five of the six losses are quad ones. Good losses, my friend. Good losses always trump winning. It, it, did we not learn that lesson in college football? Yeah, well, we certainly did. Not, it doesn't matter who you beat. It matters who you Brad, lose You to. know me well enough now at this point that I don't think there's anything that angers me more in sports than the term quality loss. But how else do you describe ranking 21st in the net rankings when you're 1-5 and five in quad one? Two and one in quad two. They're the participation trophy of college basketball this year. Is that what you're telling me? That they get credit for showing up to the gym in these nights? That's exactly what happened. They scheduled hard out-of-conference games. And because of which they have to do because of, of who they play in, sure. the, in the West Coast League. Outside of St. Mary's and maybe San Francisco, there's nobody else of note. Right. So they have to do that. That being said, they're sitting there, John, at 21st in the net rankings. With a one and five quad one record. 
because those were good losses. Because they didn't lose any other games. All of their losses have been quad one or quad two losses. Who cares how many? No one cares how many quad four games you play. That's irrelevant. You just can't lose any of them. But winning those does nothing. You could schedule 30 of them. It wouldn't matter. It only matters, did you lose to good teams? That's what matters. That's what helps you a lot. 654-ROAR, you want to get in? Let's go to Delvin. He's up first this morning. Hey, Delvin, how are you? I'm doing good. How you guys doing? We're doing well. Talking about the game last night. Uh, it actually, was good. We, we, good. they were going to get, not only did you have Wake Forest, but yeah, NC State lose so they can get, their, uh, get a chance to get that double bye in the ACC tournament. Yeah, that was that was very important. Still, obviously, to play out, Clemson and Wake have to to play each other. But as of right now, yeah, that was a that was very critical and, for the Tigers. And, and Pitt got out to a good start. They was an eight one, Brad. You know, in the, yeah. in, uh, the threes one, were so flawed. Yeah, yeah, they got out to a good start. And you talking about the other, the other game nationally? What about the Mountain West? Nevada hitting that game with a shot. They they probably hit them about two in tournament against Colorado State. Oh, they're Colorado in. State. They're in. I think yeah. I, I think Nevada stamped their ticket last night uh, with with that emphatic win over Colorado yeah. State. I don't, I don't think there's any question that the the Pack are in. Yeah, and uh, and uh, so that was that was key. But yeah, Clemson getting that win last night. Uh, uh, you know, just trying to keep the momentum. And now you got a a, a, a dangerous Notre Dame team who's Notre not probably going to tournament, but they got nothing to lose. Hey, they playing. They they balling right now. They were, I think they won what like four out of the last season. five. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're on a heater right now. They have figured things out. This is not the same Notre Dame team we saw back in uh, November and December and even early January. They have. They have righted the ship in a big way, for sure, Delvin. Yeah, isn't this like the fifth win that Clemson and I had to see where they trail at half or something like that? I saw that stat or something, like the fourth or fifth win that they trailed at the half and came back and won the second half or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't have that number in front of me, but that, that sounds that sounds about right. Yeah, it, it's just something. I don't, know what, I don't know what Brad said to them at halftime in them games, but they always seem to come out in the half, after halftime and, Seen the right ship a little bit. Yeah, playing that defense and Shelton, man. What can you say about him? A double, 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 double machine, man. Hitting three pointers out there on the side. That was a good, a good little by Beater to hit him on the outside with that three pointer to get on the lead. So, Absolutely. man, yeah, Clemson. They just keep winning, man. Try to get that double by. Anything can happen in the ACC tournament, but man, all these game buzzer beaters last night. March Madness, the way Kentucky won, man. Ain't even March yet, and the Madness already done started. Yep, you're right. But we are just a couple of days away, Delvin, from the madness really, really taking off. Thanks for getting in today. I appreciate the yeah, call. Okay. Have a good one. Yeah, go back to in Shefflin for a moment. Boy, he hit some huge buckets. I mean, just mi- the mid-range game. You know, the ability because what what they were doing a lot of times is they would they would keep you know PJ out high and let him sort of get the ball down into Shefflin and try to try to use the post because they Clemson had a size advantage last night. Like bulk wise, <laughs> for sure, and so they they tried to use that to their advantage, and, and then what would happen too is when um, PJ would do that if he if he threw it into Shefflin or if he didn't, then he would go down low and then, and and they could switch right like then Shefflin could come out top of the key and facilitate, and so I think that they were they did a really good job of just making Pitt have to work in the paint. Come scored twenty eight points in the paint last night, outscored him by ten. And I thought it was just a really good job by Shefflin to hit some extremely key um, little mid-range kind of turnaround shots. You know, 
he used to get the ball down there, and he was antsy. Like, you could just see it. Like, he just wasn't comfortable. John, he gets the ball in the paint. He's not worried about three-second call. He's not worried about getting rid of the ball. He's not worried about shooting too quickly. He's he's calm. He's composed. You talk, I mean, his game is transformed in a lot of ways. His ability to be a post player changes the offensive end of the floor for this team. It's come full circle. Now the defenders are the ones that are worried about him when he has the ball down there in the paint. I thought it was very interesting at times throughout this game when P.J. Hall had to go sit or, you know, get off the court for a few minutes, how the offense still ran through Ian Shefflin down low. Yeah, and ran well. It's extremely well. Yep. He he was fantastic last night. Played a really good post game. 6-5-4, we'll talk more about it on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Greg Ellie of the Prosperity Group. I'd like to invite you to tune into our radio show, The Prosperity Hour, on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. You'll learn about Social Security, how to maximize it, how to make an asset out of it, how to protect your retirement income and create a pension-like income that you can't outlive for both you and your spouse. I'll show you tax-free strategies that protect you against nursing homes and illnesses. Just give me a call at 864-989-0176 or go to mymoneyissafe.com. Are you ready, Tiger fans? This weekend, the Clemson Tigers face off against their in-state rival, the South Carolina Gamecocks. In this three-game series, the Tigers look to come out on top as bragging rights are on the line. Broadcast begins Friday at 6.30, Saturday at 3.30, and Sunday at 1.30. Catch it all right here on the Clemson Athletic Network. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar, where every day is game day. Looking for a job with a company that's focused on family? Glenn Raven's Anderson Plant, maker of high-quality Sunbrella products, is hiring now. As a family-run company offering competitive hourly rates to help you support your family, you'll enjoy premium benefits, including a pension program and much more. You'll qualify for a $1,500 sign-on bonus, and once you're hired, if you refer someone who gets hired, you'll get a $2,000 referral bonus, too. If you're experienced or willing to be trained, apply today at join.sumbrella.com. Criminal charges are serious with life-changing consequences for you and your family. Let us help you navigate this process. Let us be your advocate at Ryan Beasley Law. I'm Ryan Beasley. Our law firm works in courtrooms across the state at all levels, municipal, state, and federal. We also work with students who face conduct issues at their colleges and universities. We work with our clients throughout this process from pre-arrest investigations to intervention programs as well as criminal trials. With over 20 years assisting clients, our firm has grown to include former state and federal prosecutors. Let us put this experience to work for you. If you are facing an investigation or criminal prosecution, please do not hesitate to contact us. Let us seek the best resolution for you. I'm Ryan Beasley, and I look forward to the opportunity to work with you. Ryan Beasley Law. Find them online at ryanbeasleylaw.com or call 864-679-7777. Ryan Beasley Law. Craft Stove Store and Patio is here to help your home stay warm and cozy until spring with over 20 burning displays of vented and vent-free gas logs. Vent-free logs will heat for just pennies an hour and even keep you warm and cozy in the event of a power failure. Craft Stove Store and Patio even features the radiant heating vented gas logs that have a real fire look and radiant heat. Visit Craft Stove Store and Patio located on 3002 Wade Hampton Boulevard, Taylor's. Craft Stove Store and Patio. 
Attention golf cart fans, Salty Fries has expanded to Greenville, bringing us the number one number golf one. cart, the Icon EV, voted by thousands to be the number one overall best golf cart brand and the best street legal golf cart in 2023. Come experience the difference. Best yet, Salty Fries golf carts of Greenville can customize the Clemson-themed golf cart of your dreams. Save up to $2,000 during the end of the model year closeout sale. Salty Fries on Highway 183 in Piedmont and at SaltyFriesFRYES.com. It's a new year, but one thing remains the same. Elkmont is the upstate's destination for the best in lifestyle clothing, shoes, unique gifts, outdoor gear, and so much more. Offering great footwear from On Running, Vans, Ufos, Birkenstock, and more. Incredible selection of jewelry featuring Kendra Scott and game day and lifestyle clothing from the most popular brands like Patagonia, Viore, Filson, Free Fly, Columbia, Z Supply, Howler Brothers, and more. Shop South Carolina's largest selection of on-running shoes and enjoy great discounts on select game day and winter apparel as our winter clearance sale begins. Find the latest arrivals and fashion trends from Elkmont's Facebook and Instagram pages or shop Elkmont online at elkmonttradingcompany.com. That's E-L-K-M-O-N-T tradingcompany.com. Elkmont is conveniently located in Powdersville off of 153 and in Clemson at 93 and Highway 123. And finally... Go Tigers! Meet Cheryl. Hey. She's on vacation and lost in the moment. Unfortunately, so is her Chase debit card. It's got to be somewhere. Maybe she lost it at Salsa Night. These skirts should have pockets. Or maybe she lost it at Pilates. Three and two and... But she's not worried. With the Chase mobile app, she can lock her card till it turns up. Tools that help protect. One bank that puts you in control. Visit chase.com slash checking. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data reads may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. Who's on the bubble? Who's making the big dance? Who do you like to win their conference? We'll break it all down, all the way to the end of the tournament. We are the roar. Box with Brad and John. Thank you for joining us here on a Hump Day edition. Daniel Shirley coming up in just a little bit, uh, a little over an hour from now, and we'll uh, have him on to discuss some various things. Looking forward to talking with our good friend from the Athletic. It's not Thursday; it's just you know a Wednesday. But Daniel Shirley had to move over uh, for scheduling reasons, and we look forward to having him on. Six five four Roar. You know, some more things about the Clemson win over Pitt last night, 69-62. You know, Clemson didn't move up in the standings uh, right now, and, and there's a you know a log jam at 10-7 and seven, uh, between Clemson Wake. Well, Clemson Wake only two at, at 10-7. and seven. Uh, well, Syracuse is 10-8, and eight, and Pitt fell back to 9-8 and eight, along with NC State and Florida State. So they're all kind of jumbled up together. And then Virginia's only 11-6. and six. So the Tigers only a game back from the Who's right now, which I think is is noteworthy. We we talked about this. You're not just playing for the four seed. You're playing for a top four seed. Keep that in mind. It's all about how you frame it. So with Virginia, Clemson, Wake, and technically still Syracuse battling it out for two spots, not one. That's important to note. Virginia still has to play Duke. That's also important to note. But... At 10-7, Clemson has dug themselves out of that hole. 
that they created back in January. You know, where they lost at home to Georgia Tech. They lost at home to Virginia. They lost at home to North Carolina. They went on the road to North Carolina, won that sort of balanced that back out, maybe even favored it even more in terms of their resume. But it has, the way the ACC season has played out, seeing Clemson in the top four seems right. Seems exactly what they they should be right now. Uh, it's just the way they've gotten there, the route they took. Feels a little awkward, a little weird at times. But they are tied right now with Wake Forest at 10-7. and seven, And that is going to be a huge game in Winston-Salem to wrap up the regular season. Three games left for Clemson. And it begins uh, that final stretch of games this weekend when they head to Notre Dame for a CW game. Man, I don't know why. It's just a scary feeling. Now, Clemson's on CW last week. Yeah, beat Florida State. Uh, but going to Notre Dame, a team that has played exceptionally well, and we'll we'll break them down a little bit more, I think, you know, as we get closer to the weekend. Gosh, it feels like the weekend's still a long way away, doesn't it, John? Uh, but this, Daniel Shirley's just confusing us by <laughs> yeah, coming on a Wednesday. Exactly. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to see Marcus Burton play, but that guy's a problem. He's probably going to win freshman of the year in the ACC. Good chance of that. Right, you say the word problem, and I, I want to ask you this question and related to a team in the Atlantic Coast Conference. All right. I want to go to NC State for a second. NC State has, um, they have lost, um, they're two and four in their last six with remaining games at North Carolina, Duke at home, and at Pitt. Does NC State win another game this season? And if and if that is the case, who? Not, not just who, but I mean, Kevin Keats. Is that seat starting to get a little warmer? If you lose out down the stretch, where you lost, you would lose your uh, your last four in a row. God, not only would they lose their last four in a row, they'd be what, nine and eleven in in conference play. Oh, I I don't think there's a huge push right now to remove him. It might just heighten awareness for next year. Okay. Could make next year a, you know, get to the tournament you're gone kind of feel. But, I mean, can you really get mad if he loses to, to North Carolina, Duke, and Pitt, and two of the three are on the road? Not really, but you can be frustrated by, you know, loss. I mean, Shouldn't have a lot lost of league losses. State. Yeah. Shouldn't have lost Far State last night. That was that was not a good loss. <laughs> That's kind of why I brought it up, yeah. Yeah, we're talking about, we're talking about good losses – Earlier with uh, Gonzaga, yeah, that was a bad loss. Not that Florida State's, you know, I, Florida State's having a really, they're just not very good this year. This is a, this is a year you can go to Tallahassee and win games. Yeah. And State got in a huge hole and just never could fully dig out of it. Um, I mean, you look, you look at what they've done. Clemson's their best win since when? Is that, is that oh, their only good win of the uh, year? No, um, but I would say you may have to go all the way back to when they beat Virginia um, very early in the season. It was in January. Yeah. That's their that's their only two good wins, right? And Clemson. Well, Wake. They did and Clemson. Beat, well, I, I said two good wins, Clemson and, oh, okay. and Virginia. Excuse me. They, they did beat Wake. They've lost to Vatek. They lost to Syracuse twice. God, lost to Pitt. They're probably going to lose to him again. They did. They just split with Wake. 
and they lost to Florida State last night. I don't I don't think they're going to get rid of him. Chad the mailman. <laughs> Chad? It's the most accurate thing you said all week, yeah, brother. We'll just leave it at that. Uh but I I do think that he's he's going to survive this season. Um boy, that's a brutal brutal stretch of games to end the year. Really is going to be rough. One last thought on the on the Clemson game from last night before we move on. Chase Hunter, 15 points, 4-7 shooting, 6-6 six six from the foul line, uh, 2 assists. I thought he continued the run that he's had of just really, really solid play. Now, you're not going to get, you know, 20, 25, 30 out of, out of Chase Hunter. You're not asking for that. But his level of play, it, it is not a coincidence that he really stepped it up and – started to figure some things out right when this team started to figure some things out. Uh, what do they won? One, was it five? Five out of six games that lost to NC State, you know, being the only blip, a one-point loss at home uh, in, you know, just in the last two weeks, over two weeks now, almost three weeks of play where Clemson has played so much better. And it's because Chase Hunter has played an enormous role in that. Uh He's talked about it. He was, you know, on the show with with Brownell there the other night, uh, talking about, you know, he had a he had a child and the distraction of that and just how difficult that all is. I mean, you imagine dealing with that. I, you know, I just celebrated my my kid's birthday yesterday. We were talking about when he was born and like I told him, I was like, you know what? When you were born, I had to miss the South Carolina Clemson baseball series because you decided to be born. Like I, I was just giving him, man, giving him the first. Breath he draws on God's green earth is pettiness. <laughs> I, I think I was supposed to cover a Clemson Pitt game that weekend too. I'm I'm serious. Uh, Clemson Notre Dame was somebody like that, and then then I had to miss the whole series because he was born like the day the series started. It was just inconvenient, John. It was rude to say the. What was he thinking? And I mean, and free Brad's kids movement started that day. But I was I was giving him, you know. The business about that yesterday uh just just messing with him but I mean I think you've you've seen how it can affect a person you know and I I think it certainly affected Chase Hunter and the responsibilities that he had and things were going on in his life and it it, it hurt his play I think he's I think what's happened is he's making up for that you know like he's like okay I I wasn't where I needed to be I wasn't helping my team when I needed to help them I had to deal with some some things in my life now that I've got that figured out I'm going to take my game to a higher level and sort of make up and get back what I what I lost from that for for my team. I think I, I think that's how he's approached it. That's how you see his game playing out right now. Being aggressive, making good decisions, not turning the ball over. You know, hitting shots, hitting open shots, which means he's probably getting in the gym a little bit more, right? You know, when you're dealing with a new kid, well, he, not. he's not, you know, sitting there waiting in labor and delivery anymore, right? It's you're you're back into your more well, it's normal not, routine. It's not, coach. I have to get out here as soon as practice is over, so I can get home and watch the kid for a little bit while she sleeps. You know, like that kind of thing. He's able to say, coach, I'm going to put an extra, I'm going to get an extra 100, 150, 300 shots up. You know, whatever it takes. Like I'm going to keep working. That's probably what's happened, and he's he's reaping some benefits of that. And I think the entire team. Is reaping some benefits. So uh, Chase Hunter continues his strong play. You know, we we don't always know what's going on in people's lives when they hit slumps or when they hit bad times. Uh, we just assume that they're just not a very good player, right? Like we just, 
oh, well, he must not be very good. Or she's just not performing well. Not hitting the shot she used to hit. Not hitting the ball the way he used to hit it. We just assume the worst in the person. And sometimes, you know, it's perspective to realize there's things. You know, we call it excuses if you want. I don't, I don't really care what you want to call it. But there are obviously there's young people who are affected by things in their lives. And I think Chase Hunter needs to be um, mentioned as a guy who's figured some things out in his life and Clemson's reaping the benefits of that on the court. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Completely agree with everything you just said. Speaking of slumps, Will Taylor hit three home runs last night, John. He he did. <laughs> Will he end up on the concerno meter today? Ah. Uh... I, I personally don't think he should. Oh, come on. No, but, but, you, that, but where's the fun in that? Come on. <laughs> you know my pettiness will not allow oh, I, such I, a thing. Brad, I could just tell you were in a pettiness mood this morning. You walk in the door. Love yeah, it. You have no idea. I like, love it. I, I, I don't know why. I went down some deep rabbit hole of thought today. I don't know if I want to share it all on the air because it's so complex. But I was just thinking about NIL and collectives. And just how ridiculous they are. Maybe, maybe that'll make the Concerno meter today. What Again? Do you think? Again? <laughs> We've never discussed NIL on the Concerno meter, so maybe it's a good time. We let, Let's test it out a little bit. All right, fair enough. Uh, John, not only is it Wednesday, not only is it Daniel Shirley early day, it's also the start of Clemson spring football. Oh, yeah. Are you excited? Can I get some Ric Flair for that? It's spring football, man. It's time. Yeah, there we go. Where are you, one through ten? Excitement level for spring ball? Um, fourteen. Oh, it's really high. Oh yeah. How could you not be excited? They're gonna play. The boys are back in town. We're we're gonna run some routes. We're gonna do some drills. What's not to be excited about? I am more excited about the spring ball than I have been because I don't have to cover it on a daily basis anymore from a writing standpoint. That's fair. <laughs> That's very fair. I get to just absorb the information that comes out and discuss it here on the show instead of having to write the news every day. Now you can just talk about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. Davos Winnie will meet with the media later on this afternoon, so we'll get some updates on where the team is heading into the first spring practice. Uh, later on, we won't have it. You know, we'll have it tomorrow, basically. We'll, you and I can talk about well, it. Yeah, we will have it tomorrow, but uh, we will have it for you here this afternoon, uh, Coach Sweeney's Good. media availability. Good. Uh, we haven't talked to Coach Sweeney in a while. No one really has because they didn't do a signing day in February, earlier this month. They didn't do the first Wednesday of the month. They did not do the typical signing day press conference where he, he does answer a lot of personnel questions and coaching questions and things like that. In fact, have we heard from Coach Sweeney since he – he hired uh, – we haven't heard from him, have we, since he made the – Well, yeah, we did hear him from because they're around the bowl game, you know, and stuff like that when in terms of Matt Luke and well, Chris. But were, Rowe, the, but were the – yeah, the contract's already approved by Yeah, because they, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, okay. they participated in all the bowl practice. All right. So the ones – but the, the other round of, of contracts that were approved, we haven't heard from Correct, him. yes. Okay. I'm curious what that'd he, be correct, yeah. Yeah, what he thinks about, uh, you know, giving his defensive coordinator some – some cash for that season that he just put up. It, just, it makes me think that we're we're getting even closer to football. A Coach Sweeney media availability means we are one step closer to toe meat and leather. The process begins today. In fact, that'll be on the Concerno meter. we got a lot to break down for Clemson football coming up. Let's do that in hour two. How's that sound to you, John? Sounds great.
Let's do it. Let's break down the Tigers. Let's get into it. We'll start doing that when we kick off hour two. We'll also get into some NFL later on, some more draft conversations. Odds to make the college football playoff are out. This is this is this is interesting to me because we've never had the twelve teamer to discuss. So the odds are vastly different than under the four teamer. We'll tell you what it says and what it means coming up later on the show as well. Don't go anywhere on the roar. WCCP-FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville-Anderson, WAHT-AM 1560, Cowpen.